Welcome to this amazing, mind-blowing podcast. Right now, I'm joined by MP for Tairi, Ingrid Leary. You're getting sick of hearing that yet, or is it still sweet sounds to the ear? It is still sweet sounds to the ear, Jamie. Um, good morning. Good yes, morning. I am still getting used to saying MP for Tairi rather than candidate for Tairi. Yes, yes, that's right. I have, that's... To pinch, have to pinch myself every time I say it. Yeah, yeah. How does it feel? Look, it, it just feels like such a great honour and privilege. Um, and I think we were so focused on election night that, to be honest, I hadn't really thought too much beyond it. I, I was aware of my areas of interest and so on. But certainly at the induction in Wellington this week at the Parliament, it made it all become very real. Mm-hmm. Um, the buildings are beautiful. Uh, I you know, met most of my colleagues face-to-face for the first time, the, the new intake. Yeah. And we had a really well-organised induction uh, to give us a, a sense of our roles, what we can do, what we can't do, um, meet the support staff, understand a little bit of the systems and just get our head around the whole thing. Mm. So it's been very, very exciting. Yeah, I guess that's the thing, right? People don't really realise, it's like going into any new job, um, but in, in in this case, it's it's not like I mean, it's not like you can get qualifications in being a, an, an MP, so it's real new and probably disorientating for, for a bit. So it's going to, I guess, it takes a while to get under, you know, get things under your feet. Yeah, certainly. I mean, my biggest challenge was actually orientating myself around the building. So there were a couple of times I had to uh, ask to be escorted so I could be on time and not get whipped by the whips. As far as some of the other systems go, I've been very lucky. I've worked in a number of different environments, and certainly with the British Council job, which was a big international organisation with Matrix working. Mm -hmm. Some of the systems are very similar to that. So... In that respect, I, uh, it doesn't feel too, uh, you know, too unfamiliar. Yeah. Um, but it, it is sort of like being at a new school, first day of school, and we're the newbies, and uh, <laughs> we're all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, and a lot of the uh, senior MPs and ministers were kind of having a bit of a giggle at our expense, saying, oh, don't worry, the novelty will wear off. But it yeah. still hasn't. <laughs> no, well, hey, let's hope it doesn't. It's not supposed to. <laughs> Um, the race was expected to be close, and it was anything but. What do you think you did to impact the community so much? Oh, well, thank you for that comment. Look, first of all, I have always maintained that the Taiyiri electorate, which was a reconfigured Dunedin South, was safe labour, mm-hmm. and that our job was to keep it safe labour so that there would never be this scurrilous suggestion that it would be marginal. So we worked really, really hard to... Um, to make sure people knew that and for the people of South Dunedin and certainly those further down the line, Kaka Point, Belclutha what I was uh, very aware of is they appreciate voter contact, they want to meet their candidate face to face have some uh, you know, chit chat face to face, get a sense of whether you're authentic or not and what you're about so we worked really really hard to do that and that's what I'll be doing uh, over the next few months, is just trying to get out and about to every corner of the electorate, but this time as the MP rather than as the candidate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is a big electorate. Uh, and when you were nominated, it was still, you know, Dunedin South. Uh, and like you said, it was a very safe Labour seat. But all of a sudden, you're in a seat now that's very rural. I um, mean, it still has a good sway of, of um, South Dunedin, but you've you've got Mosgill, which is traditionally votes blue. You've got other areas, rural areas, traditionally vote blue as well, national. Mm. Um, did you have to change strategy at all? 
No, I think people uh, just, some of them had voted blue traditionally, but um, I don't think they had necessarily had a great experience from their national MPs. Certainly Mark Patterson as a New Zealand First MP had made quite an impression, mm-hmm. uh, and it was great to see the work he'd done on the ground around Belcotha and around Lawrence, and I have a huge deal of respect for him. However, I don't think anyone was hoodwinked by um, the presence or not of the previous two national MPs, so it wasn't too difficult, I think, for them to, to try to vote Labour. And, you know, remember, we have got a hugely popular Prime Minister, and we've had a very successful response to COVID. So um, I think there were a lot of elements that made up the, the great result. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Mark, is he the type of person you're going to continue to pick his brain about how things work in the, in the area? Yes, we've already had that discussion um, about just wanting to remain in touch. He's you know, got great networks there. He's got some really good mahi that he's done, and mm-hmm. we've both reached out to each other actually and said... But, you know, we're both people who want to make things happen. So if we can make things happen together, that's great. I'm sure that uh, if I need support or assistance with something, he would support me because for him it's about his community. And that's exactly how I feel as well. So I'm sure that we'll be supporting each other. Um, now, the seat, the area, um, you know, it's, it's, its unemployment rate is below the national level. Its retirement rate is above the national level. Um, so what are some of the challenges facing the area? There's a lot of challenges. We know that there's high deprivation, particularly in the urban centres. That's always been the case. So uh, policies that support equality and levelling the playing field are going to help those people. I think um, I've got a particular focus on seniors. I've met many seniors out and about in the electorate have been really detrimentally impacted by COVID and uh, it's shown that divide really, um, including the digital divide where people haven't been able to access services, banking you know, uh, we've seen some of the government support services planning to shift into closer to the octagon and certainly some banking facilities so I think uh, that's you know two of the challenges right there is about making sure that we have a voice for seniors that gets through to Wellington uh, and also around the deprivation and the poverty. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also the economic challenges. You know, how do we stimulate the econ- economy and get economic growth in the pro- provinces? So I, I think a smart way to work with that will be to have a bit of a coalition with other MPs living in provinces to see how we can work as a collective to get our focus on you know, where our commonalities are, and obviously freight rail uh, could be one of those. Mm-hmm. And for the rural areas, I've asked to be part of the um, rural caucus so that I can really get uh, on top of the issues and and be a good voice for the rural sector. But also, of course, we have Rachel Brooking, who's on the list. Yeah. She is an RMA specialist, and we know that there are concerns from farmers about water regulations and so on. So I've called him the secret weapon, if you like. Yeah. Uh, I think you'll see Rachel and I working as a tag team closely together so that we can be the best voice for everybody in this diverse electorate. So she's an expert on, on a document that's probably going to disappear, the RMA, so I wonder what's going to happen there. Um, did well, you... actually, actually, she was the one who authored, you know, helped to author what the changes should be. So actually, yeah. it's a very relevant piece of work, mm. and I think she will have quite a role to play in, uh, in the changes that we will see in the RMA, which is, of course, the dismantling of the current Act yeah. and possibly the introduction of two separate pieces of legislation. Um, did you make it out to Waipori Falls at all? 
Yes, they did. Yeah, yep. and, um, you know, because they're facing, um, you know, some pretty heavy issues around infrastructure right now. Um, what are you going to do to help that township? Look, I want to just get back there um, as the MP rather than as a candidate. I'd like to be able to, you know, either attend a body corporate meeting or be invited as a guest to a special meeting with the residents so I can really hear face-to-face what the issues are. I, I've done my research and I know what they are and I've spoken to a few people out there who've got differing views from each other. But to have something a little bit more formal uh, and be able to then, uh, you know, be available to that community to support whatever their needs are would be what I want to do. So you'll, you'll see me doing that before Christmas. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting, I guess, because you've got three different councils to work with as well, don't you? You've got Clutha District, you've got um, you've got Dunedin City Council, and you've got the um, Otago Regional Council. And they've all got yes. their fingers in many pies, so you're going to be quite busy with the councils, no doubt. Um, now, South Dunedin and coastal Otago, they, chase a, they face a real challenge of climate change, uh, as does the Tyree Plain, believe it or not. Um, and, and things need to start, plans need to start being made now. Have you got any um, ideas or plans around working with councils in terms of the climate change challenge we face down here? Yeah, sure. And of course, it is top of mind for councils too. The the work's already underway. Uh, What we've seen with some of the reports that have come out this year is um, a little bit of good news in a way in that it is not all about coastal erosion, that actually there have been issues to do with flooding that uh, could have been prevented and therefore, you know, we don't necessarily need to be looking at a strategy of moving people, but how do we how do we manage the surface areas that we have and the coastal the coastline that we have. I think what needs to happen is some really coordinated strategic planning around the changing coastline and what housing solutions for our electorate will look like in the face of that and that means bringing together those various councils that you've already referenced but also putting the communities at the heart of those discussions because we know that communities know the problems best and they also usually have a pretty good idea about what the solutions are so I think there's a coordination and convening role there and it's about really throwing the dice further out to uh, sort of 2030, 2050 to try and get that, what will that look like then, what will be the requirements then and what will our housing needs be and then working back from there as to how we manage that. It sounds like you really plan on being somebody that is on the ground asking the questions uh, of of the public instead of um, not necessarily just, and then representing them at the top, not just kind of telling the people what they are but letting the people tell you what they are, right? Well, absolutely. That's the role of leadership. I think there's two key roles. One is to, you know, bring a voice to the table, or in this case, you know, many voices, and most communities do have many voices, even if they do look homogeneous. Mm -hmm. But the other element is uh, to convene. I think there's a really big role for an MP uh, not to provide solutions, but to bring the stakeholders together in in a constructive way and you know, facilitate a strategic direction forward. I can see areas where um, there is space for that, you know, for for some of that to happen. And it's good to be in the tent with everyone. I think some work has been done around the electorate sometimes where people have had to champion very firmly and be outside the tent with the councils or other bodies. Those points have been made. Now it's time to work with all the local government organisations and other organisations and really convene and try and get a strategic approach because 
what that will result in is, I believe, a greater spotlight on the South and a greater share of resources for the South. Mm-hmm. So it's not about little individual parts of our southern area competing or, you know, or jostling. It's about actually saying in Wellington, hey, we need more, more resource down here. We've got a really good business case. Uh, you know, there's these funding aspects available. We've got our act together. We've got our business case. Come and invest here because we know what we're doing as a collective. Very nice. Well, I hope you've got a uh, parliamentary petrol card and a very reliable car. <laughs> Yes, I've got a I've got a very humble little uh, car, little Toyota. Yeah. Most people are familiar with it. I think it suits the electorate uh, yeah. for now. So I'll be zipping around in that. Can, can I say um, just before we before we depart? Um, mm-hmm. Look, I just really want to do a a big shout out to former press gallery journalist Neil McMillan, who of course passed away this week. Um, you know, Neil was a an old time journalist and I call him the gentleman of journalism mm-hmm. uh, it was such a pleasure working with him over the last few months as we headed into the election and it was very sad to hear that he passed away um, earlier this week um, he's well known around Dunedin so I was at the uh, press gallery in Parliament looking at all the photos and I saw a photo from the 1970s and I thought oh, that would be around when Neil was there and I was looking for him and couldn't see him and then at the bottom it had Neil McMillan in absentia and actually that was the day that Neil passed away so I thought that was a very poignant moment and wow. it's one that will stay with me. Fantastic. Hey well thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us. I know you're very busy right now. Um, Good luck with uh, the first few months, getting your feet under the tables and um, get ready to get stuck in for the people of Taieri. Thank you very much, Jamie. Lovely to chat and have a good morning, everyone. Yeah, you too. Cheers. Thank you, Ingrid. Bye. That's Ingrid Leary, the new Minister of Parliament for the Taieri seat, which is a new seat. It's um, it's a crazy big seat, but I'm sure she's going to do a really good job, and I'd like to thank you for her time once again. Right, it is now 15 minutes. All of our content lives online at r1.co.nz